Okay, here we go. Today's daf is daf mem hey. Daf mem hey. In uh, an Erevin. We're starting from the two daths about eight lines down on the page. The mission had said that anybody who goes out to save people, right? If you were, uh, obviously the Chacham said for an emergency or a first responder, as they say, uh, whoever's allowed, whoever goes out, the mission said, they can come back to their place. Now that sounds not like we said uh, until now. We said, uh, basically, you, you, the place where uh, you are, where Shabbos began, that's your place. If you're in a city, you can go to the edge of the city in 2,000 amas beyond that in any direction. If you're out in the field someplace, you only have 2,000 amas from where you are. If you were stuck there, you got stuck and you didn't know, uh, uh, you went beyond the 2,000 amas, you only have four amas. We'll talk about what that four amas is. Is it four amas as a radius? Or are you in the middle of the four amas? You only got two amas in each direction. We mentioned uh, that before of Lezershita. We'll talk about that later. And, uh, and we said, and the Mishnah, the basic point of the Mishnah was that if you're a first responder and you have to leave your tchum and you're allowed to, uh, to help somebody give birth or to uh, fight off a war or for Edis Achodesh or any mitzvah that you have to do or to save people, uh, there's a, a river overflo- uh, overflowed, uh, you've got, you know, there's, there's an emergency, uh, you're, when, you, when you get to the place that you're beyond, uh, the Chacham said that what and then you find out that you're not necessary that you don't have to go you're not necessary to save whatever has to be saved because uh, somebody else took care of it already the Chacham said you still have 2,000 Amas from that point rather than only have 4 Amas which is what you get if you just go beyond your Tum and you made a mistake or you or uh, you did an Avera or whatever you only have 4 Amas as we learned the other day the story he got, the rabbi got preoccupied he went beyond the spot he only had 4 Amas and they had to make a human chain to get him back into town. Uh, so uh, in this case, the rabbi said, because you went out for a mitzvah, they made a special dispensation and said, you can go 2,000 miss in any direction. But then the Mishnah said that if you go out to save people, you can come back to your place, which sounds like not just 2,000 amas as far as it takes. You can be 20 miles away. That's the question here. Even more, even more than 2,000 amas. In other words, whatever it takes, 20 miles, 50 miles, whatever. And the ratio said that the rabbi said, rather than only have four amas if you've gone beyond your tomb, you have 2,000 amas in any direction. The rabbi's made a special dispensation. He said that, you know, it's as if you made your, if you began Shabbos in that spot. But here it says, like, you can go back to your place, sounds wherever you are. It doesn't mean, when he says, it doesn't mean that you can go back as far as you can go wherever it takes to get back home, even 50 miles. No, no, no. It means you're even allowed to take your weapons with you back home, schlep them back, carry them on Shabbos, and take them back home. As we said, turn off the car, whatever's necessary to do, right? Yeah. Why, why is that a kasha? Dilma lahatzel shiny. Well, why, why do you have to have such a, what was the whole kash anyway? Maybe if it comes to, you had to help somebody give birth or you had to go and uh, dig, uh, you, know, um, you know, put up a dike or put up some sandbags to keep the river from overflowing. Okay, so uh, that's one thing. Maybe there you have 2,000 amas. But if you went out to war and you've got your weapons with you, you can't just leave the stuff there. Maybe there you're allowed to take it all the way home beyond the 2,000 amas. So what's the problem? My Maybe there you could go more than 2,000 amas. 2,000 amas are the other mitzvahs that you have to do to be Edus HaChodesh or the river's overflowing uh, or you're helping somebody give birth. But that if it's for wartime and you've got your weapons, maybe you can go back even more than Talsad. Here is the Kasha. Here's where we see a difference. 
Kulo. Originally, even first responders, they went beyond their tomb. They had to stay there all day, meaning they only had the Dalaramas. He made a decree uh, that, uh, you know, in order to help uh, people, in order to encourage people to go out, otherwise people aren't going to go out if another stuck. You have four, 2,000 amas in any direction if you go out as a first responder and you're stuck outside your, your tchum. Not only these, even a, a midwife went out to help give birth. Or you went out to save from, uh, you know, from the, from the Goyesha troops. And as you went out to war, or from a river that overflew, a building collapse, whatever, from a fire. All these are emergencies. So they are like the people of that city wherever they wound up or whatever, wherever they are. And they got 2,000 amas in any directions. So here we see Beferish, and it's from our Mishnah. It says, And maybe, oh, you're right, maybe if you're talking about Lahatzel from a war, maybe you can even go beyond the 2,000 amas. But here this Mishnah says that even to save from a war, you know, even if you went out for, uh, to, to fight a battle, uh, like all the other emergencies, you got 2,000 Amas and that's it. That's it. This sort of contradicts our mission. Our mission says, they can go back to the city no matter where, no matter how far it is. But the other mission said, that you're only entitled to 2,000 Amas. I feel too, but that's what's much from our Mishnah. That's the answer. In other words, from the mission itself, you could say, that Chosim Kam means even 50 miles if you went out to war. Other emergencies, 2,000 Amas. You went out to war, you can go all the way back home, even if it's 50 miles. But from the here we have a here we have a, a, the two Mishnayas are in, in contradiction because one says you only got 2,000 Amas from wherever you got stuck, even if you went out to war, apparently. And the other one says, what? That you can go out all the way home. The answer is Kam just means that you could take, you can carry your weapons with you. You don't have to leave your weapons. Originally, they would leave their weapons in the first, you know, they didn't leave them out in the street, but, you know, out, out in the, you know, the battlefield. But as the first house that they came to near the city and the outskirts of the city, they put their, they put their stuff there. Pamachas, Hekiru, Ben One time, the, um, the enemy saw them. Uh, and saw they were retreating or whatever, uh, and they saw they didn't have true, they didn't have their weapons. Rodva for him, they pursued them, and he took clays on him. And um, so they quickly ran into the house to get their, to get their weapons after the, uh, the enemy was pursuing them. And then the enemies pursued them also in their dachkus And it was such a place that uh, it was such a small place uh, where they had stored their uh, in that house where they had stored their weapons that just from the pushing and shoving. And there was like a, a stampede. And there were more people killed by the stampede, their own stampede of the Jewish soldiers, more than were killed by the enemy. In other words, so why? Because they didn't. They felt they shouldn't schlep their weapons all the way home. They put them on the outskirts of the city, and that was it. The answer is no. As you, you're, yeah, you're only entitled to 2,000 amas. That's true. But you can still carry your, your, your uh, weapons all the way home as long as you're within the 2,000 Amas. Because originally they say, okay, you can go 2,000 Amas, but there's no reason to carry the weapons. He says, no, carry the weapons all the way home. But Osir at that point, they made a decree, they should take their weapons home. So when he's, again, where the Mishnah says, 
that you can chosum koman, it doesn't mean chosum koman that you can go even beyond 2,000 amas. It just means that you can carry your weapons with you. It's not a, even if it's, even if you're over on carrying, uh, on carrying and certainly for mukta, not a, not a problem. Pens who won the war. If the Jews won the war, so Rashi says here, um, now he says the difference is this, if the Jews won, so you can only go 2,000 Amas because you don't have to worry about the Goyim anymore, but if the Goyim won, then you can go even more than 2,000 Amas. So he says, yes, it means, I said, one mission said you can only go 2,000 Amas, and our mission seems to say, hey, you can take your weapons home no matter if it's 50 miles. The answer is, if you lost the war, you better hold on to your weapons, and even if it's 50 miles, you better, because they might start up with you again. If you beat them, then they're not running after you anymore. So it depends on the circumstances. Okay, uh, let's say uh, Goyim uh, laid siege to a Jewish city, and it doesn't mean that they're laid siege with their bayonets uh, pulled, even if there's those rumors that they're going to, uh, they're going to attack. You don't fight on a war with them on Shabbos. In other words, you don't go fight with them, and you're not Machal Shabbos for them. Oh, sounds like, you know, you don't do anything. Uh, that they that another Bryces has the same idea in the Tosefta that uh, if Goyim laid siege to the city, you don't go out to war against them. Certainly not on Shabbos, and you're not Machal Shabbos for them. I Medvormer says it says like this: the Bryces, when is that? Kshabolis came moment. That's only if they want money. If they want money, you're not Machal Shabbos. You don't start war with them. You pay them off. Avabolis came but if they're coming to kill you, you also You can take your weapons out. You certainly go fight. You certainly have you you uh, you mount a defense. Umachalon as a Shabbos, and you desecrate the Shabbos because ain't no davar omed mishum pikuach nefesh. Right. So for pikuach nefesh, we do everything, uh, even machal Shabbos. Over here, a Let's say it's a city, a border city, that you know, if it's a it's a border city, that if the goyim take over that city, it'll be hard to. Um, you know, it'll be very easy for them to, uh, you, won't, you lose your line of defense, you know, like they started out with the kibbutzim on the perimeter of the border, that, that was their line of defense, because if you, if, uh, if you don't have any, uh, any yeshuv uh, on the border, they'll just, you know, the border will just, uh, uh, it will, will just implode, and you'll just keep coming in and in and in, and the goyim will just take over the whole country. So if it's a city on the border, even if they didn't come to kill, they're only coming for straw and stubble. And they just want, uh, they want very little stuff. They just want some, uh, some farming uh, straw and stubble. Then then because then it's already considered a danger, and therefore you're, you're, you go out with war and you're Machal Shabbos. I remember Rabbi Dor years ago said that that's why that on, uh, on Shabbos, uh, we, we had the alarm in the shul on Shabbos, in this very remote, we had an alarm, and he said that um, we have said. I remember the, it was a false alarm or something, and uh, and then a, a guard came from the uh, uh, from the uh, moked, you know, from the um, security company, and I said he's Machal Shabbos. Yes, he says this is considered when the Arabs are attacking us. It's considered even escape tevin v'kash, even if they're only coming to steal. Uh, from the shul, the tzedakah box, or a sefer Torah, or something. They're, they're, even they're just coming for money. This is considered aliske. Uh, uh, if if um, uh, if it's considered like a we're like border towns because they're just trying to take over city by city. So if they come in inside our towns, like in Yerushalayim, they're taking. That's considered um, like a border town, and therefore even on iske temkash, even if they're only coming, they're not coming to kill. These are just uh, you know Arab hoodlums who are coming to steal. 
then we're mechal Shabbos for them too in order to defend defend ourselves. In Bavel is like also a city of it's like a, like a border town, and therefore you mechal Shabbos and you take your defense even if they're only coming for money. The Targumah, and we explain Nardo, which, which border town in Bavel are we discussing? We're discussing Nardo, which is a border town, and if they take over that town, they'll be able to conquer the country. Darshav destroyed him in Biri. Minusu, the Pusik is by Dub, by Yigidul, David Laymore. They told David, saying, Hine plishtim nechomem bekeila. In that city, Keila, the, the, the Philistines are, are, uh, have attacked. Behema Shosimas Granis, and they're robbing the threshing floors. They're robbing this stuff. They're a ton of Keila, Iras, Mukhlasaparisa. It was also a border city. Behem Lo Bo, Eliskaitemakash, they only came for straw and stubble. They're robbing the threshing floors. And David asked Hashem, saying, Will I go? Shall I go and and um, and will I smite these Philistines? Uh, you will go and you will be, be victorious. Now, that was the story. It's not clear from the Pusik itself that we're speaking about on Shabbos, but from the fact that he asked the Shiloh, etc., the Mephoshim talk about other uh, or other deductions. It's Mashma that he says that um, uh, that you needed a Shiloh, said he asked the Shiloh, it was Mashma that uh, it was on Shabbos. The Makami boy, what was his question? If the question was, is it Mutter or is it forbidden? To fight, uh, to go out and fight against them on Shabbos. So Shmuel and Rasikayim, Shmuel's best was there. What does he have to go and ask Hashem? Yes, yeah, a Shailan Halacha. You ask, uh, you know, you don't ask the Urim Tumim. You know, you don't ask Hashem for the Urim Tumim uh, whether it's Mutter or Asr to go fight on Shabbos. Ask a Shaila of your Rabbi. That was the question. Will he be successful or not? And that was what he asked them. They can amitz mashal. We also the chsiv lake v'kislas shritim v'hoshata eskila. Hashem told him, "You will be victorious because you'll save the city." So you see that from the answer, we see that Hashem. That he asked Hashem, "Will he be victorious?" The question is not whether he can go out or not, but the question was, "Will he be victorious?" And Hashem answered him in the affirmative. So you see over here that <clears throat> this is a proof that when there's a war, even though they only came for. Um, they only came for Tevin Bakash, so to speak. They only came to rob, because it says, what were they doing? They were, they were robbing the threshing floor. So they were only coming for money. They weren't coming to kill. Still, you're allowed to be Michal Shabbos and wage war against them uh, and, and defend the Jewish people in the land. A man went to sleep. Right? The Gerson has his Mishi Yashem A man was sleeping on the road. He didn't realize it. He woke up in the morning, Shabbos morning, he went to sleep Friday night. He was sleeping on the road, and he saw it was dark, and uh, when he went to sleep, he didn't notice. When he woke up in the morning, he sees he's right near a city. So, Mayor says, since his kavana was not to come into the city, right? he didn't know that he, w- he was within the tomb of the city, he's not entitled to that. From the place that he slept, he's entitled to 2,000 amas in every direction. In other words, he went to sleep Friday night. He knew, he didn't know where he was, but so he's entitled, that was his Makam Shvisa. When Shamas began, he was in that spot, point that, that point A, so from point A, he's entitled to 2,000 Amas. But he, even though he was within the perimeter of the city of the city limits, he's not entitled to go into the city. And as he can go into the city only as far as 2,000 Amas goes, but he's not entitled to span the city once he gets in there. Rabbi says, no, he, kind of, he can come into the city, and what he means there is, he can come into the city and therefore be entitled to all the advantages of the city and, you, and, and traverse the entire city. 
There's a story of We have a story that Rabtarfan uh, had a similar story that he was within the ro- within the um, uh, within the city limits, and he was able to come in. So here's a machlokes remain Rabuda. Uh, if he didn't know he was in the city, but he, he was in the city limits, but he didn't realize it, is he entitled to come into the city? And, and use the entire city, the span of the city, or is only allowed to 2,000 amas. So it's usually, machlokes remain Rabbi Yehuda, we paskin like Rabbi Yehuda. That's what he says over here, too. He has, he brings down that, um, yeah, the halach is like Rabbi Yehuda in this case. Rabbi Yehuda, so like Rabbi Yehuda, that he's entitled to come in, and then he's like anybody in the city, and he has the entire city in 2,000 amas in any direction from the city. Okay? Um... Right again, as even though he planned, even though he was planning only on sleeping in, you know, and began Shabbos in point A, and he didn't realize that there was a city right there. It was a mistake. Had he known that he was in the city, he certainly would have intended on uh, on, on that his Shabbos place would have been his Shabbos spot would have been within the city. Because okay, the, the Gemara now expands on this and tells the story. Tanya Marbuta Meiser Reb Tarfon Shemalch B'Derech. The story of Reb Tarfon was on the road. The Choshchalo and darkness fell. And he slept outside the city. Shabbos morning, he woke up. The herdsmen found him. What are you sleeping out here for? Come into the city. He came in. He came in to the city. He stayed in and he expounded all day. So that was the story that Rabbi related. The Girsa in the Shultas is Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva, Misham I think that's a proof from there that if you slept outside the city, not knowing you were in nearby a city, that you're entitled to go into the city as long as you were within the Tum of the city. Shema Belibahaisa. Maybe there he was uh, he was planning on coming to the city. Or maybe over there, he really couldn't span the whole city. But the base medish that he went into the city was within his 2,000 amas. He was, let's say, uh, 1,200 amas out of the city. And uh, where he slept, he woke. They woke him up in the morning, and they found him. And they said, "Hey, Rabbi, come into the city. He's allowed to go eight hundred amas into the city. And maybe his base medish was there, or maybe he was thinking about it." Because we don't know what actually happened, what Tarfan's intention was, or what the whole story was. You may have the story. Uh, you may be relating the story as a proof, but the story, the way you relate it, may be uh, not a proof because he might have been within his two thousand amas anyway, or maybe his intention was to go there, and therefore you can't tell. Now here's the thing. A person slept on the road. Remember, we're gonna, now we're going to talk about, remember, that, that when you, that's when you acquire your spot from which you can go 2,000 amas. If you're in a city, you got the whole city, 2,000 amas in any direction. If you're in the road, wherever you are, 2,000 amas in any direction. Over here, though, the person fell asleep and he had no intention. He's almost like he's a, an inanimate object. We're going to talk about an inanimate object. An eye check that, let's say, Hefker. You find something on the street. Uh, can you t- you're entitled to walk 2,000 amas in any direction. What about that item? Does the item also have 2,000 amas in any direction of where it stayed at Erev Shabbos, Banish Mushrooms? Or is it, if you pick it up, it can go your 2,000 amas. Maybe your 2,000 amas is in a different direction. That's going to be a discussion that we have now. So a person fell asleep on the road. He didn't realize it got dark. Right or he didn't know. is very makel. He says even though he did not have any intention to to uh, to uh, begin Shabbos in that spot, he just fell asleep Friday afternoon. He woke up. It was already Shabbos. says we still give him the two thousand amos. And Rechem Chomer says he only got four amos. He's only got four amos. Now what does that mean? So unfortunately, he only has four amos, meaning he has a he's a he has a four amos. 
um, he's standing in a point, and he has four amas in any direction. So he's, he has a radius of four amas in any direction, which is really more, a diameter of eight amas, right, according to Chacham, but that's what he has. No more, not the 2,000 amas. No, the Dal- when we talk about the Dalar Amas, and Rashi explains that the Dalar Amas is like a Rosh Hashayachet, as we'll see. He has like his own Rosh Hashayachet. He's in the middle of the Dalar Amas. It's not a radius of, 2000 amas, uh, of four amas, rather, from wherever he is. But it's a whole diameter for Amos, meaning he's in the middle. He only has two Amos in either direction. That's Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yudam, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yudam, we're not just sure at this point what his Shita is, but presumably he says he has only a total of four Amos, not two Amos, but, but it's only in any direction. Take one direct, choose a direction. He has four Amos in this direction or four Amos in that direction. If he, choose, if he chose to go east, four Amos, he can't go four Amos west. So, Again, Reb Lezer and Reb Yudha, everybody says you only have four Amas, but what is the four Amas? According to Chametz Mashmi, you really have a, a, a diameter of eight Amas. You can go four Amas here, four Amas there, four Amas in any direction. Reb Lezer says, no, you only have four Amas total, and you're in the middle. Reb Yudha says, no, you can go four Amas in any direction, but once you pick one, you can't go the other, so you don't have eight Amas. In that sense, Reb Yudha is like Reb Lezer, you only have a total of four Amas. Okay, Hayu Shnai mixes. Now we're looking at, um, we're looking at illustration number... Uh, on page 60, we have three illustrations. We're looking at 178. Let's, let's say there were two guys. Now, they each have four amas. But of the four amas, the entire area that they span is six amas, meaning that they overlap two amas. Okay? This is like 178. You have the two guys, the guy on the right and the guy on the left. Each one has four amas. But it happens to be that the four amas of one overlaps the four amas of the other. They were neighbors or they were out in the road together, whatever. Uh, let's say it overlapped by two amas so they can eat together in the middle you see the area that the yellow line um, overlaps with the blue line so in that area in the middle they can both eat but he can't move his stuff from one to the other because that's like a Dalit Amas Rashi says. The Koldan Amas is like the Rabbi said, it's like it's like a Rishusiachid. And you can't carry from Rishusiachid even into another Rishusiachid. The when the Chacham said you have Dalit Amas, that means it's like a Rishusiachid. You can carry within your Dalit Amas, but you can't take something from one to the other. So the shared area that they can eat together, they can move things around there. They each have the same Rishusiachid in the middle. But they can't move stuff from their own private area to the other guy's area. They can't move stuff from their Dalaramas into the other guy's Dalaramas unless it's in the area that overlaps. Uh, <clears throat> this is 179, the middle picture. <clears throat> Let's say there were three guys, and they each had four Amas. Now we're talking a total area, not of six, but of eight. So the guy on the right and the guy on the left, their areas don't overlap, so you can't, you can't take anything from one to the other. But the guy in the middle, he overlaps the same way as in 178. He overlaps with each one of them. So he can share food with, the guy in the middle can share with food on the right, and he can share food separately with the guy on the left. But he can't take, obviously, but the guy on the right and the guy on the left can't mix. That's what how you shlosha, says the mission of him. So I move the banana, the middle guy is overlaps both of them. And he can eat with them. Each one of them can eat with him. But the outer guys cannot share because they don't they don't share any of the same four uh ama area. What's this comparable to? So this is comparable to illustration number one eighty. Um what's this comparable three they're open to one another. they're also open to Rishis Rabbim at the bottom of the page. 
Eberstein, I'm sorry, if, if the if the middle ones made an air with the uh, with with the outer ones, right? The, the outer ones made it made it each made an air with the middle guy. He mutarsaman a mine. So the middle guy can carry between his area and the, the inner the middle chutzer and the outer ones. and the outer ones can carry with uh, they can take stuff from their chutzer into the other one because they made an air together. But the outer ones. They don't have an Arab together with each other, and therefore you can't carry between those. He just makes it as, a, as an example, uh, because that, it's more that we had this discussion before. Boy, Rava. Mike said, Rabbi Yochum and Nuri. When it comes to, we're going to now discuss about Chafetzei Hefker. So as I mentioned before, you find something on the street on Shabbos. When Shabbos started, it was in the street. It was Hefker. Now somebody found it on Shabbos. Does it have its own 2,000 Amis? You can only take a 2,000 Amis because... That's the union of Erev, Erev Tchumen, not only a person, but even, a, even a, 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 an inanimate object has 2,000 Amas. So let's say I'm coming uh, east to west, and I could go, uh, I'm only, almost at my limit, I only have 100 Amas to go, and I find this item on the street. Does it have 2,000 Amas in, other, in any direction? Can it be taken if I give it to somebody else? Or if I'm the one who picked it up, it, has my, it, it adapts to my, it acquires my, 2,000 Amma area, my Tchum Shabbos, and I can only go 100 Amas with it to the west. That's the question we raise now. Boy, Rabbi Mike said Rabbi Yochum Menuri. Rabbi Yochum Menuri, who's very, who's the, he's the Mekel in our Mishnah. What did he say in our Mishnah? He said that <clears throat> a guy fell asleep on the road Friday afternoon, woke up, it was Shabbos. He still has 2,000 Amas in any direction, even though he didn't intend to make this his Makom Shvisa. He didn't intend to begin Shabbos and he just fell asleep. He still, we give him the 2,000 Amas in any direction, as opposed to the Chacham say you only have four Amas. Rabbi Lezer says how the four Amas is. Rabbi Yudas says the four Amas is this way. But most of the rabbis say you only have four Amas. Rabbi Yochanan is Meiko. What Rabbi Yochanan say about, a, what about an item of Hefker? Mike Sav Rabbi Yochanan Nuri, Mike Sav Rabbi Yochanan Nuri, uh, what does he actually hold? Mesver, because does he really hold Chafetzei Hefker, Kon, and So they also acquired their 2,000 Amas. So why doesn't he mention items in the Mishnah? Why do you talk about a guy who's asleep, which is like Hefker, because he had no intention? In other words, the similarity between a guy who's asleep and an, and an inanimate object you find is that there was no machshava to acquire this place as your Makm Shvisa, Banish Mashos. We didn't have like B'Kalem. Merely he would argue with Kalem also, and we'd say Kalem have 2,000 Amas in Eksha Vodim. If we bought him, the reason they argue with him is like the Kach of the Rabbanim, tell you the Kach of the Rabbanim. Dafagav Dikalamemers, even though you could say by a person, whole of a near since if he's awake, he acquires his spot, because this is where he's going to make Shabbos. Yashanami Kana, still, if he's asleep, what's the difference? He's still a person, he should also acquire Kamash Mondalo. Rabbi say no. If he didn't know what he was doing, he was asleep. He doesn't acquire it, and he only has four arms in each direction. So maybe Rabbi Yochum dis, uh, agree, disagrees, not only by a sleeping person, also by a person, an, an item of Hefker, Chafetzei Hefker. Same thing, there's no intention. Oh, Dilma, except Rabbi Yochum Nuri, Bialma Chafetzei Hefker, ain't Konech Feast. Or do you say no? Normally, Rabbi Yochum Nuri holds that Chafetzei Hefker do not acquire their spot. They don't acquire their spot. Meaning, whoever picks it up, it gets, it's called Ragle Adam. Whoever, whoever picks it up, he's the, the, the item uh, acquires that person's uh, tchum, right? But over here, what's his reason? In Armish, the reason he says that the person gets 2,000 Amas even though he was asleep when Shabbos started and he had no intention. Since if he's awake, he can acquire the Mok So when he's asleep, he could also acquire it. But maybe Chafetzei uh, Hefker, that are never awake, they're inanimate objects, maybe they don't have their own 2,000. The whole concept of Tchum Shabbos is only on a person who can have such a kavana that he wants to make this makom shvisa, and he has 2,000 amas in any direction. But a person that's, uh, but an inanimate object, 
maybe cannot acquire it. Let's bring a proof. Tashma. Let's say rain. We're going to try to prove rain is an inanimate object. Let's say it came down on air of Yantif. Ah, why? If it came, if it fell on air of Yantif, so it banished mushes on air of Yantif, it was already on the ground, so it acquired its spot, and it's got 2,000 amas in each direction. The Yantif, let's say the water fell on Yantif. So that means when Yantif started, the water wasn't there yet. That's like, it does not acquire its own 2,000 amas to water because the water wasn't there. Erev Yantif, banish mashos. So whoever picks up the water, it goes according to that person, whatever his tchum was. If you say that even inanimate objects, they acquire their Shabbos place, their Shabbos mud, their spot, their Shabbos spot. So how many Rabbi Yochanan? Very good. So this goes to Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan Nuri says, that if the water fell Erev Yantif, so it acquires its spot, and the, and the water can go 2,000 amas in any direction, regardless of whether the person who picks it up, whatever, whatever his, his tomb was, but the water is entitled to go 2,000 amas in any direction from that spot. So if you say, that, that inanimate objects don't acquire the spot, so how many, who does this go? Like, the Rabbanan said, you only have four amas in any direction. If there's no intention, even a person, there's no, there's no, you can't go more than four amas, so who would this go like? So apparently this proves that Rabbi Yochamanuri holds that this is Rabbi Yochamanuri, he holds that even inanimate objects, which obviously cannot have any intention, acquire the 2,000 amas if they were there at wherever they were at the, at the time of banished mushrooms. Yosef Abayah become Lashmaita. Abayah sat and repeated over this halacha. Amalei Rab Safra Abayah. What proof is there from there, from this uh, from this brisa? Dilma Bikshama Smuchali Raskinan. Maybe we're talking about their rain, which is right next to the city. And the people of that city were thinking, in other words, it's not an inanimate object that was just sitting there and, had, and there was no intention about them, Erev Yantav or Erev Shabbos, as the case may be. We're talking about maybe water next to a city, and people know whenever it rains, we're going to use that rain. It's raining on Erev Shabbos or Erev Yantav, and the people of the city are going to use it. So maybe there was a machshava there. Amalei says, Lo he can't say that. In other words, maybe there was a machshava there. You want to say that? Uh, no. He says, you can't give that as the answer. Why? Because I'll show you that there's clearly a is about the issue. Bor shal If a bore that had water in it belonged to an individual, it belongs to that person. In other words, he owns that water, Erev Yantav or Erev Shabbos. Even if somebody took from him after some water, but it goes according to the person who owned it at that time. So, wherever he's entitled to go, that's the waters. It's not an inanimate object that, that has no intention. In other words, a person is planning on uh, making his uh, Shabbos spot in a certain spot, and everything that he owns that's not muktzah, he also expects to be able to take it wherever he goes, as long as it's within an air or whatever, right? So, or if it's Yantav, he can carry anyway. So, let's say the water, the water pit belonged to the city. And as far as the people can go, 2,000 amas in any direction. It was from Babylonian pilgrims going up to Yerushalayim. It's like the person who fills it up. In other words, there's no intention. There's no intention about that. It didn't belong to anybody. It was just water on the open road. Then it's like the person who picked it up, meaning it doesn't have its own spot. Why? Because there's no intention about it. Which is the same idea. The, the tribes who go up to Eretz Yisrael for, for, um, for regal, for the, for the holidays. Uh, it's mashma that it has 2,000 amas. It's not like ragle 
the person who fills it, it doesn't go according to the person who filled it up, but it goes according to its own. If, since there was no intention there, it can go 2,000 amas in any direction. It's not, if there's an intention, it goes according to the person intended. But if there's no intention, not like Sholi Bava Karagali or Mali, but rather it's in each direction. Kashanadadi. So we have a steer between these two, between these two Mishnahs. On the one, between a Mishnah and a Brisers, rather, right? One of the first Mishnahs said that it doesn't acquire its own spot. The water that doesn't belong to anybody doesn't acquire its own spot. Whoever picks it up, it goes according to the person who picked it up, whatever that person's tum was. But the other Mid-Brisa says, no, that it's, uh, if it's, a, a, if it's a, a public, not owned by anybody, it's just a water pit out on the road on the way up to Shalayim, uh, it's got 2,000 amas in any direction from itself, because that's where it was at Banishmashas, even though there's no intention. Kashanadadi, Harabon. And the answer is, you have to say, if it has the second one who says it's got 2,000 amas in any directions, that's Rabbi Yochamanuri. So Rabbi Yochamanuri is consistent, just like the person who fell asleep without knowing where he was. And didn't realize, uh, you know, didn't he had no intention? Not that he know where he didn't. He had no intention to make that his makom on Friday night. He's still entitled to two thousand. It's the same thing for an inanimate object. Uh, there's no intention either way. Rabbi Yechonu he says he still have two thousand amas, and the other one says no. So they, uh, it, it doesn't go. It doesn't have its own two thousand amas. It goes according to the person who picked it up. That goes like the rabbanim. Okay, so that was that was uh, that was everything. As you can't say, you can't give an excuse and say that that mission was talking about when the water fell. Erev Yantif or Yantif is speaking about only the water that belonged to a city, and that if there was intention about it, because we see clearly there's a machlokus about it. So even if you want to say that that's not a proof, but we have other proofs, it must be. Rabbi Yochanan says that Chafetz uh, Hefker uh, do get two thousand amos, and Rabbanan say not. Just like Rabbi Yosef. When Abai came before Rabbi Yosef, remember Rabbi Yosef was his rebbe, one of his rebbes. Amalei Hachikamer of Safra. This is what Reb Safra said. He said, listen, that case of the water, that the, the rain that came down, Erev Yontif, or in Yontif, Reb says, maybe that belonged to the city. And I answered him, well, there's a, clearly a machlokus about it because we have to, a mission and a brisa, which are steerer to one another, where it's, where it's a bor shel shvatim, or you know, it's a public, it's a public hefker uh, water, and one says it gets to 2,000 hours, one says not. So it's clearly a machlokus, and that's what I answer. I'm gufa. Why did you have to answer him bringing proof from another machlokas to show that there's different opinions over here, and therefore the Mishnah of the Yantif uh, is, uh, is, goes according to Bilchem and Nuri. Uh, why don't you answer from, from, the, from the Mishnah itself? If we're talking about in that Mishnah with water, rain that came down to the city, and it was, that was, that was near the city, and therefore the people of the city had, in, had intentions about it. It wasn't an unintentional um, uh, inanimate object, but the people planned on using it, so why does it say why does it say that if it came down on Erev Yantif, all right, what did we say? If it came down on Erev Yantif, it's got all two thousand arms in each direction. Even though even though it did have two thousand amas in each direction, because it was like the people of that city, they had the two thousand amas. But you shouldn't say if it came down Erev Yantif, he's got two thousand amas. He's got two thousand amas. It's like the, if you're talking about water that belonged to the city, it was right outside the city, and they were intending on using it. You should say Karaglei and So yeah, that would have been the correct lushan, even though it's either way, it's two thousand amas. That's what he should have said. So that's also a proof that Rabbi Yochanan, this mission goes like Rabbi Yochanan Nuri, and Rabbi Yochanan Nuri holds like he holds on our mission. He's maker. We'll see. We we passing like him, and uh, and tomorrow we'll discuss. The psak is like Rabbi Yochman Nuri, that you give him the 2,000 amas, whether the guy was asleep and he had no intention, or it was an inanimate object, and that obviously there was no intention. Amar Mar, beyond the Adam, 
What are we saying again? In this, in these waters that fell down, the rain, rainwater came down. It was there of Yontif. It's got two thousand amas. If it came down, rained on Yontif. So if it rained on Yontif, the rain wasn't there on the ground, Erev Yontif, and it couldn't have acquired its place of, of Shabbos or Yontif. It couldn't have acquired its Shvisa, and you wouldn't have 2,000 Amas, and therefore it goes, whoever picked it up, it goes according to that person's Tchum. Now, Amar Mar, B'Yontif, where did the water come from? The water came from the big oceans, the Atlantic, the Pacific, the water all comes from there, so therefore, <laughs> if the water started, the water that came on Yontif, it originated in the ocean. If it originated in the ocean, that, that was, the ocean was its spot, and now it certainly left, was way beyond 2,000 amas, where it landed here on the ground, and therefore it should only have dollar amas, and you shouldn't be able to carry the water at all, because it had a shvisa, worse. It's worse than no shvisa. You see, shvisa of 2,000 amas, that's Rebecha Manuri, right? Uh, but if it didn't have shvisa, because it wasn't there, Erev Shabbos, so, so, uh, so we say uh, that, uh, fine, it goes according to the person who picked it up. Yeah, but it's worse. It's not like it's no shvisa. It did have a shvisa. It has shvisa in the Atlantic Ocean, Arab Shabbos. That's probably where it started. So it's shvisa to be there. And now that it's beyond, you can only have Dalaramas. Maybe you say it's not like Rablazar, Adik Rablazar, Rablazar, Amr, Kalol, and Kulam, So all the waters in the world come from the Atlantic Ocean or Pacific, and it's from the big oceans. That's where all the water emanates from the rivers, etc. The rain all comes from there. Are you going to say not like that? Amr, like, no. You're right. Could be that all water really originates in the oceans, in the great oceans. But over here, it's speaking about where you, the clouds were already there Friday afternoon, or Erev Yontif. Erev Yontif, the clouds were there, so you know it had left the ocean already. It was out of the ocean, and it was up on top. It was, it was about to rain. How do you know it's the same clouds? You saw clouds there, Erev Yontif, so you're saying those clouds... Are, are already there. They had left the ocean. So you can't say, you can't say the Shvisa was in the ocean. That maybe there's different clouds move around, right? How do you know which clouds are? This is Sumana. They got a Simon. As you can tell, where those clouds were there before, they were there, but, they, but, but clearly they weren't on the ground, Erev Yantif, but they, were, they weren't in the ocean either. Therefore, they don't have a Makam Shvisa, and they go according to the person who picked it up. <clears throat> You're right, we're not sure. But the whole Lach of Tchum, we said, according to everybody except for Bekiva and one or two others, is a Drabonim. So Safik Yibrahim, Safik Yibrahim, Lahaka, we go Lakula. <clears throat> Therefore, we can assume that what? That if it fell in Yantav, we don't assume that it had a Makm Shvisa somewhere else. Maybe it started in the Atlantic, or maybe it didn't start in the Atlantic. We go Lakula, and we'll say it didn't start there, and it doesn't have its own Makm Shvisa, and it goes according to the person. So wait a minute, so maybe the Shvisa is in the clouds. And was, if the clouds were there Friday afternoon, right, it started Friday afternoon, you're saying it didn't, in Friday afternoon at, at Banish Russia's it wasn't in the ocean, it was already in the clouds. Fine, so that's their Shvisa. So why don't you say it's their Shvisa? And since you say it goes to Kragle Kalatim, there is a Shvisa of the person, but it's not that there's no, it, we, when you say it's Kragle Kalatim, that means it doesn't have its own Shvisa. But maybe it did have a Shvisa. If the clouds were there Friday afternoon, and then it rained on, or Erev Yantif, and then it rained on Yantif. So maybe the Shvisa was in the clouds, and if it was in the clouds again, you can't move more, certainly from the clouds down to the ground, it's more than 2,000 Amas. So you shouldn't be able to move more than Dalat Amas. Oh, we had that question before. Is there a Tchum above 10 Amas or not, right? We had that question on Monday. Does the Tchum, does the Tchum uh, Shabbos or Yantiv, is there above 10, 10 Amas or not? Maybe above 10 Amas, you can go as far as you want, like Elio Anavi or whoever, whoever's flying around. So the fact that, why don't you say there's a Tchum in the, in the clouds? Or can you be posting me that there's no Tchum above 10, there is no such thing as Tchum? It could be that there is Tchum, we can't prove it from here. But the water is not there. 
The water's in the clouds. You go up, you, you don't get the water. You can't actually get the water. It's, it's, it's in the clouds. So if, he says, if it's in the clouds, meaning there's, there's no water, the water is not the end. Rashi says, come on, it's not like, it's like the water, come on, the less new, Rashi says. Because the water's not really there. It's clouds, it's not water. And Asiri. <laughs> that means that if it was, only, it was born, it was created, the wa- it became water on Yantav. So then it's Nola, and it certainly should be Asr to move at all. I feel Talfam Rashi says, even Yantav, and it's Muksa. It's Nola's Muksa. Not only can't you move it, uh, the question of moving it four Amis or moving it 2,000 Amis, the whole thing is Asr of Nola. Elamayim Bavamidi, forget that. It's not like you could say where there's no water. We all know anybody's been on a plane, you went through clouds, you see the water coming right on the window, right? We know that the clouds is basically you know, saturated, saturated with water. So you can't say there's no water there. It wasn't created. The water's there. It's wet. But the answer is, it's moving around. Elamai above mend at night is constant. It's constant motion. If it's constant motion, there's no shvisa. If you're constantly walking around, moving around, shvisa has to be, you set up shop right here. This is my Shabbos spot. Uh, and that's why, so that's really the, the answer to the question. Forget about the okayness and all that stuff. The water's moving around. So you can't ask Kash about the kindness. Hey, wait a minute, it had Shvisa in the Ukainis uh, air of Yantif, and therefore you shouldn't be able to move more than Dalat Amas because it came from the ocean over Shabbos, over Yantif over here. You can't ask Kash from there because my Bukhanis, it, it, and uh, the water is always moving around. So if it's in motion, it can't acquire uh, any Shvita. So again, if, if the water came down, if it rained on, on air of Yantif, fine. The water's on the ground, it came down, it's sitting on the ground. And therefore, it, it, it considered, even though water, even within there, it's considered moving around. That's always moving around, the molecules, whatever. But if it's right here in front of us, that's not, it's considered like stationary. So it required a spot. But if it came on Yontif, so that means air of Yontif, wherever it was in the clouds or in the Ukainis, wherever it was, it was moving around. The time in the Horus HaMoshchen, if you talk about running, uh, running rivers, or gushing springs, Right, things that are moving around all the time. If you're in, you got a you got a, a pot of water here or a pond or something that's not moving around. Fine, then it's then it's considered uh, its own spot. According to Bechman Nuri, it would have two thousand arms in any direction. But if it's moving water, like running a running river or, or springs that are gushing out, that Harel because they don't have Makmash Pisa because they uh, they, um, they they're in motion, therefore they can't acquire a Shabbat spot. All right, we'll pick up from here tomorrow, Mitzvah, Marm Rabbi Yaakov Aridi, that the halacha is like Rabbi Yaakov We'll discuss the halacha about this tomorrow, Mitzvah. Have a good day, everybody. Shkai, beautiful, thank you.